listener production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 23rd of March. Russian forces are stepping up their aerial attacks on Ukraine as US President Joe Biden warns Vladimir Putin may soon use chemical and biological weapons. There are now reports Russian forces have kidnapped more than 2,000 Ukrainian children as fighting escalates across the country. While millions of Ukrainians have fled, some are staying to fight. It's just what I need to do now as a Ukrainian woman. You make the borscht, you do the washing, and now you learn to shoot. That translation thanks to ABC. Russia has reportedly used two super-powerful bombs in Mariupol with almost 90% of the key port city now destroyed. The Human Rights Watch has described the city as a freezing hellscape riddled with dead bodies and destroyed buildings with hundreds of thousands of residents still trapped. Here's Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky speaking to the Italian parliament. There are thousands of injured people, tens of thousands of destroyed families, and hundreds of thousands of lives ultimately destroyed and abandoned houses. All of this has been started by one single person, and this is all happening in 2022. That translation, thanks to the BBC. Back home now, and there's major concern Australia is at risk of serious cyber attacks as the war in Ukraine escalates. The US president issuing an urgent warning to American businesses to strengthen their cyber defences immediately, claiming Russia is showing alarming signs of using cyber weapons. Cyber expert Zorn Barner has this advice. Well, they encouraged all Australian businesses to adopt an enhanced uh, preparedness to defend against cyber attack and this probably elevates that even higher uh, in the approach of what could happen to organisations getting targeted across health, defence, finance, utilities, gas. Devastated family and friends are making their way to the site of a deadly plane crash in southeast China. The plane was carrying 132 people before suddenly plunging from the air and nosediving into a mountain. It's believed there were no survivors with authorities yet to formally identify those passengers and crew on board. Here is Chairman of the American Transportation Safety Board, Robert Sumwalt, on CBS. Whatever it was, it was a, a catastrophic event, uh, an airplane descending uh, that quickly out of the sky. Uh, something badly happened to cause uh, the pilots to lose control of that airplane. Some aviation experts say foul play should not be ruled out. The plane's black box is yet to be recovered. To Queensland, and a young father has died after trying to save his pregnant partner in a caravan fire in Brisbane. The 22-year-old man suffered life-threatening burns after throwing himself on top of his wife to shelter her from the fire before succumbing to his injuries. His 20-year-old partner underwent an emergency cesarean section, giving birth to a healthy baby boy. It's believed an electric scooter battery may have caused the blaze. And a driver accused of being behind a hit-and-run in Victoria has told a court her Tesla was in autopilot at the time of the accident. The 23-year-old, who is on a bridging visa, has been released on bail, despite concerns she may flee the country. A 26-year-old woman suffered life-threatening injuries when she was hit by the Tesla as she tried to get on a tram. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To New South Wales, where an MP has been asked to resign from Parliament after being charged over the alleged historical abuse of a man and a teenager. Member for Kiama, Gareth Ward, says he is innocent. Our reporter, Michaela Savage, has the details from Sydney. Yeah, that's right, Tash. Gareth Ward's been charged with three counts of assault with an act of indecency and one count each of sexual intercourse without consent and common assault. The 40-year-old is alleged to have indecently assaulted a 17-year-old boy on the South Coast in 2013 and sexually abused a 27-year-old man in Sydney in 2015. He resigned from the government and moved to the crossbench in May last year when investigations began. Premier Dominic Perrottet has released a statement saying Mr Ward has now been asked to resign from Parliament immediately. If he doesn't, the government will move a motion to remove him. Opposition leader Chris Minns confirming Labor would support it. The New South Wales opposition will support a motion of expulsion if in the end it's moved by the New South Wales Premier. The Premier has also requested Mr Ward be suspended from the Liberal Party pending the outcome of the criminal trial against him. And to WA and sweeping changes to the state's gun laws are in the works with the government keen to rewrite the Firearms Act. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has more from Perth. Yeah, that's right, Tash. The state government plans to rewrite WA's 50-year-old gun legislation. The push for a shake-up comes off the back of a 60% jump in the number of licensed guns in WA over the past 13 years. The changes would modernise licensing rules to ensure community safety is the priority. Police Minister Paul Pat- Falia says it's long overdue. Our Firearms Act is almost 50 years old. It is not fit for purpose. It's clunky. It doesn't service those people who are responsible and legitimate gun owners in a good way and it doesn't elevate community safety as a priority. We are going to fix that. The aim is to introduce the new law to Parliament in September next year. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. It seems the upcoming federal budget will contain a little relief in the face of rising inflation. Tash, good morning. We do, and it looks like we might get it. Who would imagine there might be an election in the offing? Uh, The Prime Minister and the Treasurer are making all of the right noises, talking about the cost of living pressures, talking about their uh, their desire, their, their, uh, you know, all all the usual words. Uh, They care about our problems. They're going to help fix them. Uh, As you say, they are fair income problems, though, and it probably is welcome, not only for individuals, but also for business who are struggling with rising costs. Of course, it does have to come from somewhere, whether that becomes taxing something else or the budget deficit getting a little bit larger. We will have to pay the piper at some point, but at least in the short term, hopefully, this budget might have something for all of us. And talking about the rising cost of living, so much speculation now with the threat of inflation, they will increase interest rates, but the RBA boss has made it clear he is not budging as yet. Yeah, it's remarkable. This one, and this is, you know, makes the the exercise so much, well, frankly, riskier because we know that around the world, the US, the UK, New Zealand have all increased rates. RBA Governor Lowe here saying, no, 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 we're going to wait. We'll just wait and see. Inflation's not out of control just yet. He also said yesterday that obviously the opportunity here is to get back or get to full employment, air quotes, full employment anyway, for the first time in a generation. And we all like that, of course, more people in work is good for them. Also good for the budget and good for the economy as well. So as one of those triple wins, the risk he takes, of course, is waiting too long, causing that inflation to spike and then desperately having to try and get it back under control. We know, of course, about the recession we had to have back in the early 90s. Mm. Let's hope we don't end up in the same sort of situation. But for now, at least, Governor Lowe is saying, you know what, we'll put full employment first and then worry about the inflation numbers later. 
And keeping interest rates low is great news for homeowners, but a new report has found that first home buyers are having to save for even longer to try and scrape together for that deposit. Oh, man, this is brutal. So these are average numbers, right? And from with averages means that someone is doing it more quickly, someone else is taking even longer. Across the country now, the average time to save a 20% deposit is five years and eight months. Again, that's average, and that's in the nation's capitals, again, on average. So think about the average home buyer in the average city. If you think about Sydney, it's now eight, more than eight years, eight years and one month, again, for the average home buyer for the average house. Uh, these are ugly numbers. No surprise, given that house prices were up about 24% in 2021. We've talked about that before. But just a really, really tough time for first-home buyers trying to get on the property ladder. You're paying rent, you're saving a deposit, and you're watching house prices accelerate away. This is just confirming what we already knew, which is housing is remarkably inaccessible and unaffordable for many, many, many young first-home buyers. Absolutely. Scott, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. For sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett, the Aussie women's side is charging on at the World Cup while the men are again battling with the ball against Pakistan. Yes, good morning, Tash. Let's start with the all-conquering uh, women's side. And there is an injury concern to come out of their uh, comfortable win over South Africa yesterday. Meg Lanning with a sparkling century. But Elise Perry has a sore back and uh, the team is taking her recovery day by day. Lanning says it's important she plays in the finals. We'll manage her over the next few days. Um, you know, whether she's available for the, the next game, I'm not too sure. But, you know, we, we need to have her for that, that semi-final and, and hopefully final. So, um yeah, we'll, we'll certainly look at what that looks like for her. So six in a row now for the women's side. Uh, they've got Bangladesh tomorrow, final group game, and then the semi-finals. Now, the series deciding third test hangs in the balance in Pakistan. The home side reaching one for 90. It stumps on day two, 301 behind the Aussies. All-rounder Cameron Green posted 79 with the bat, and uh, he admits he started thinking ahead to a breakthrough century. Yeah, unfortunately, I keep having thoughts go through my head when I'm out in the middle. Yeah, it's starting to get a bit of an issue now because it keeps popping in. So I've got to keep working on that, um, feeling comfortable when you get close to it. Um, and yeah, hopefully it comes one day. And another long day in the field coming up uh, tonight, I think, for Australia, Tash. Yeah, absolutely. Brett, and a controversial decision at the AFL Tribunal last night. Yeah, a bit of a head-scratcher, uh, this one. We're only, uh, we've only got through one round. Now, we know the AFL's trying to protect the head. Last night, Willie Rioli was up, challenging a one-match ban for a bump on Matt Rowell. His feet left the ground as he jumped into Rowell, but they agreed that uh, it wasn't rough conduct. Now, Bomber star Zach Merritt told Fox Footy it shocked him. The priority should always be to protect the guy going for the footy, and I think that's a pretty dangerous action, and, yeah, I think my understanding at the moment would be that that would be a week, but a big call, and I'm sure that will set a precedent moving forward. Then Lions veteran Mitch Robinson was up. He was also challenging a one-match ban for a bump. That was upheld, so he won't play the Bombers this weekend. Crow skipper Rory Sloan had a one-game ban for eye-gouging, downgraded to a $2,000 fine last night. And Brett, the Panthers have named Nathan Cleary to return against the Knights, but will he play? Yeah, that's the big question. They'll give him every chance. In fact, it's his call right up until Friday. They face Newcastle on Saturday. Now, the Knights have got some big guns back in Kalen Ponga and Daniel Saifidi. In other team news, the Storm have named Harry Grant. He won't face the Eels, though, due to COVID, while Dragons prop Aaron Woods revealed uh, that Andrew McCulloch will sit out tomorrow night's clash with Cronulla. You know, we've lost our hook, Andrew McCulloch, with a dislocated elbow, but I think it's only going to be a couple of weeks, so that's probably good news for Dragons supporters, and we've got lucky we've got a really good utility in Moses Zembite fill the role. And for boxing fans, it's turf war tonight. We've got Barry Hall against Sonny Bill Williams, two heavyweights and two footy legends are going head-to-head in the boxing ring. Certainly will be a big fight. Brett, thanks so much. Thank you, Tash.
And the UK's most premature twins have finally headed home from hospital 140 days after they were given little chance of survival. Harley and Harry Crane were born at just 22 weeks and five days and have now defied the many medical odds. 39-year-old mum Jade has spent the last five months in hospital by her son's side and this week the miracle pair headed home and are said to be doing incredibly well. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.